Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Good to be with you in the house of God today. So thankful for the word of the Lord that we already heard this morning. (laughs) When we worship, God goes to work. When we worship, God goes to war on our behalf. Stand still, Joshua. See the salvation of the Lord. Amen. I'd like to preach to you this morning from John chapter 8. If you have your Bibles and one last time, those that can, if you would stand for the reading, John chapter 8. And we'll start in verse 2. As you turn there to John chapter 8, I'd like to say thank you so much to Abundant Life for the opportunity to be here. Pastor Kylie. Thank you for the opportunity to allow me to go to North American Youth Congress as well. It was my very first time. And if you have any doubt about the church, all you need to do is spend a few days in a football stadium and see 33,000 kids, not kids, young people, adults, young adults, worshiping Jesus Christ. The church is in good hands. Amen. And your church personally is in great hands. I watched your leaders as they prayed with and uh, loved on our young people, uh, Pastor Cordell and Kyle Cordell and Brianna. We're we're in great hands, Luke and Beth. Um, So I'm just thankful to be a part of what God is doing here. Amen. John chapter 8. Well, you got there before I did. Here I am talking. Speaking of Jesus, early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote with his finger, wrote on the ground and as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The very one who had the right to pick up a stone and throw it, the very one 
was the one that said, I'm not condemning you. These other people don't have a right because in secret they've sinned. But go and sin no more. The mercy of God is here today. The presence of God is here today. And God wants to speak to your heart today. I just know he does. He wants to minister to you. I wonder if you could lift your hands up to heaven as high as you can and say, God, I want you to speak to me today. Whatever comes across this pulpit, God, is for me. I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that you would begin to work on my heart, Lord. Help me to open the secret places. Help me to open those doors, God, to give you the keys to unlock those doors. I won't let anybody else in. I, I, I only let them come so far, and then I, I stop right there. But God, today is a day that you want to show mercy. You're not here to condemn me. You're not here to judge me. God, you're not here to cast a stone. But to the contrary, Lord, you're here to give mercy I'm asking God as this word goes forth, I pray that you would anoint the people's ears, God, to hear it, to receive it. I pray, God, that you would anoint our minds to, to be willing and ready to receive your word. I pray you would anoint our hearts, that you would break up the fallow ground inside of our hearts right now, God. I pray that you would remove that stony heart and put in a heart of flesh, God, a heart that's moldable, pliable in your hands. God, right now, as the word goes forth, it will accomplish its purpose, Lord. You promised it, and I trust it, Lord. I pray for your anointing upon me. Come on, somebody, pray for yourself right now. Pray for yourself. That God, don't let me miss this, God, what you've got for me today. Come on, pray for yourself. Don't let me miss what you have for me today, God. I am in your presence, and I've come to hear a word from you, God. You've got a word specifically for me today. Don't let me miss it, God. I'm here to receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name above every name, in that only saving name of Jesus. Yeah, we give you the worship and the praise that you deserve. You're worthy, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise God. You can be seated in Jesus' name. And I'd like to preach to you this morning when mess meets mercy. When mess meets mercy. My mom loves to tell the story. I was two years old. I don't know how I was two years old. It must have been three because what I'm about to tell you, I don't know how a two-year-old can accomplish. But I'm not a parent, and so you guys know, uh, most of you know what a two-year-old can do, what they can get into if you, let your, uh, if you let them out of your sight. So my mom and dad woke up one morning. They couldn't find me in my room. And so they searched the house, and they began to panic. And mom heard a knock on the door. She went and answered the door, and there's a stranger holding me in my diapers. He said, is this your kid? She grabbed him out of his hands. What are you doing with him? He said, well, he was in my cabinets this morning. (laughs) Looking for cereal. Now look, mom, if you just have cereal in the house, I don't go, have to go raid the neighbors. But so, so I, somehow I got out of bed in the morning before everybody else. I opened my door, I opened the front door, I walked across our lawn, across their lawn, opened their door, their door was open, went into the kitchen and started banging around in some cabinets looking for some cereal. And they don't know what's going on. They run out there and they see some strange kid in their house. 
You know, what a mess. We can make a mess. We don't have to be trained to make a mess. She tells another story. I think I was a little bit older, maybe four years old. I, I, I sure hope I was still a little kid that I can, you know, your my, my uh, first memory is probably when I was in that age, four or five years old. You know, I just, I drank too much Diet Coke or something, but that's all I can remember. But mom said, I don't remember this, but mom said she went to the fridge one day and she was making dinner. And so she wanted, she needed some butter. So, you know, we had the country crock in there or whatever. And she sees handprints, fingerprints in the, in the butter. <laughs> she said, I think I recognize those. So she, you know, called out to me and I, I come in the kitchen and butter all over my arms, dripping down my face, all over my... <laughs> Apparently, I like to grab balls of butter and eat them. That's disgusting, folks. I don't care who you are. That's, that's disgusting. <laughs> Joe, did you get in the butter? <laughs> no, I didn't get in the butter. <laughs> we don't have to be disciplined to make a mess. We can do that all on our own. You know that? I told... Uh, Pastor Michael today, as we were on our way to church, I'm, I'm wearing white socks today. What a mess. You don't wear white socks to church. We can, we're, we can make messes of things and we don't have to be trained to do it. But you know those people that can, that can pack a U-Haul, that can use every inch of available space, you want them to come pack your truck because you know it's only going to be one trip. That's a talent, folks. I don't know how some of you can do it, but some of you have that capability. You can pack that thing. If you're going to ask me to do it, we're going to take about five trips. We'll get it, but we're going to have a few trips in there. Or how about those people that, that can walk into an ugly room and, and say, man, you know, this is ugly, but, uh, but in their mind's eye, they can see it beautiful. They can see uh, these old and ugly decorations torn down and some new ones put up, maybe uh, some paint here and there, maybe the furniture rearranged. And, and man, it begins to look something pretty. That's a talent as well. You know that God specializes in that thing too. He, he can do that. In Genesis chapter one, the very opening of the book, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. The earth was a mess. It was without form. It was void until it met a merciful hand of the master. And just as that old song says, I had the privilege of singing it just a few weeks ago, that one pair of hands formed the mountains. One pair of hands formed the seas. One pair of hands formed the valley, the oceans, the rivers, and the seas. One pair of hands. Uh, these pair of hands are so strong that when your life goes wrong, all you have to do is put your faith into one pair of hands. One pair of hands raised the dead. One pair of hands healed the sick. One pair of hands calmed the raging storm. And thousands of people were fed from one pair of hands. One pair of hands said, I love you. And those hands were nailed to a tree. So when life goes wrong, put your faith into one pair of hands. I've come to bring great news to you this morning that what may look like an utter, hopeless, miserable mess to you and I, it's, it makes God giddy with excitement.
He takes pleasure in taking something so ugly and turning it into something beautiful. He delights in taking what is wrong with me and making it right. So give God the opportunity this morning to do what he loves to do, to do what he does best because he can see the end from the beginning. He knows, he knows that your mess is just a setup for his miraculous working power. Hallelujah. This woman that we read about in John chapter 8, more than likely she was standing there exposed for the crowd to see. In the verse 2, Jesus came to teach at the temple and all the people, it said, were sitting there listening to him teach. And she probably stood there in front of the crowd, nothing to cover her guilt and her shame. Nothing to hide that nakedness. She had nowhere to go, nowhere to run. Sobbing as she realizes that her choices that she just made have led her down this road of regret. But little did she realize that her road of regret would intersect with a road of restoration. She just knew that her life was over, that the end was near. She couldn't wait for them to just get it over with. Just kill me now. Just take my life. I know that what I've done, I know I've done wrong. And what's even worse is that everybody knows that I've done wrong and I've messed up now, caught in the very act. Can you imagine as she trembles there in fear, as she shakes uncontrollably in front of the presence of the leaders, in front of Jesus, in front of all the people, her life flashing before her eyes and she just knows she's about to feel that first stone hit her in the head. It wasn't worth it. It really wasn't worth it. If I had to do it over again, I would make a different choice. I would not make that same mistake again. The sin that I gave into is not worth the cost of my life. It's not worth it. But that's exactly what I'm about to pay for my transgression. I don't know if God's ever done anything for you but I know what God has done for me. Some of you may have been perfect all your life, but not me. And this lady trembling in fear, knowing she's about to feel that stone hit her in the face and another and another. And Jesus is silent. Moses said that we stone her. What do you say? And Jesus just sits there. I don't know what he's writing. He's just doodling. Maybe he's Practicing his name in cursive, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, theory about what he's writing. Maybe he's writing their sins. Maybe, who knows? But Jesus is just ignoring them. I don't have time for you. And they kept pressing him. They kept questioning him. Finally, he stands up. Said, if you haven't sinned, why don't you cast that first stone? This lady still doesn't know what's going to happen. And I can imagine she's in a place of utter and complete brokenness. Why don't you close your eyes right now and feel the presence of God. She's in a place of complete brokenness. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I know I deserve death. I deserve the penalty. But I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I'd made another decision. Maybe she'd think back to the story of David. 
Now, there was once a great king in Israel who made the same mistake. Not only did he commit adultery, but he murdered. He murdered. And maybe through the tears, through all of her sobbing and her crying, I don't know, the scripture doesn't say. But perhaps she, in that moment, was begging. As the psalmist David wrote, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sins for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against thee thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest behold I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward part, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else will I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. Then shall I offer bullocks upon thine altar. Can I tell you that Jesus Christ is here to show mercy to somebody today? But as the psalmist said, he desires truth in the inward part and in the hidden parts. But we're so good at covering up we're so good at hiding from everybody and hiding from the presence of the living God. We're so good at putting on that smile and letting everybody know, oh, I'm okay, everything's cool. And all the while we're running, we're running from the presence of God. This morning God desires us to be honest before him. He desires truth in the inward part. The psalmist said, you don't desire sacrifice, else would I give it. But you desire a true, godly 
sacrifice. Can I tell you folks, I don't care how often you come to church. I don't care how much you give in the offering. I don't care what, how, how many acts of service you do. I don't care if you speak in tongues. I don't care if you lay hands on thousands of people and pray them through to the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you have the gifts of the Spirit. God desires truth in the inward part. God wants honesty. God wants transparency before him. God wants accountability this morning. You see, we've been doing it all wrong. We think that whatever we give to God, whatever we give up, that God will accept it. But as your good friend Mike East always says, God doesn't care what you give. He cares about what you keep. What are we holding on to this morning? What are we hiding from the presence of God? But see, in an act of absolute mercy, in an act of unparalleled grace, Jesus Christ turns to her accusers and he dares them, why don't you throw that stone? And I can just picture silence as the crowd is frozen. You see, Jesus loves to take a mess and turn it into a ministry. Jesus loves to, he specializes in taking those broken pieces and, and making something beautiful. He, he likes to take the broken fragments and, and turn them into food to feed 5,000 followers. Don't forget that Peter was a betrayer, that Paul was a murderer, that Jacob was a liar, a supplanter, a deceiver, that Jonah was rebellious, that David was a murderer, as I said, and an adulterer. But when his mess met God's mercy, I said, when his mess met God's mercy, I wonder if I got a witness in the house this morning that God's delivered you, that God had mercy upon you when you didn't deserve it, that God picked you up from a pit that you didn't deserve to be dug out of. I wonder if there's a witness in the house that the mercy of God is from everlasting to everlasting. Hallelujah. And I tell you, he's not here to condemn, that he's not here to judge, that he's not here to throw a stone at you, but he's here to offer mercy to you this morning. David said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? When I look up, when I see the stars and the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, who am I that you would visit me? Who am I, God? The king who committed these grievous acts of sin. When his mess met God's mercy. That's how he's able to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I, I think somebody may have forgotten what God has done for you. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. 
As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. And his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his stone in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts. Oh God, I bless the Lord. I don't know about you, but I got a praise inside of me when I think about what God has done for me. And he didn't have to rescue me in front of the crowd, in front of my accusers. I don't know about you, you may be good, but when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder if you can clap your hands. I wonder if you can lift your voice. I wonder if you can give God praise today. He's a healer, he's a redeemer, he's a restorer. He he can put your, your mess back together. He can make something beautiful out of your disaster. What a mighty God that we serve. What a mighty God that we serve. Oh, praise God. Come on, give him some more praise, somebody. What an awesome God that we serve today. Oh, the Holy Ghost is in this house today. Oh, the Holy Spirit is moving right now. The ministry is moving. God is ministering to every heart today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. So how do I obtain this mercy? How do I get this mercy? Because I want it. I want it. It comes with confession. I don't care what you hear from the religious world today. I don't care what you hear from your friends. I don't care what you read in some book. Unless it's this book. But the mercy of God comes at a price. It just wants your honesty and your transparency this morning. But it's the only way that mercy can be offered. In all of her shame, and all of her guilt, she was accountable for her actions. See, her accusers thought they were dragging her to her death, but little did they know they were dragging her to the feet of the only one who could do anything about her situation. <laughs> Hallelujah. So whether it's a forced accountability as hers was, I'm sure she didn't go uh, pleasantly. I'm sure she went kicking and screaming and crying. Whether it's a forced accountability or you choose to be accountable in the presence of God, you must be open and transparent before him. I'm talking to somebody today that's hidden some things, that's got some things buried way down deep and you think nobody knows and maybe you even have tried to forget them, but you can't forget them. And God is speaking to you. I don't know your situation. I know nothing about you, but the Holy Spirit knows about you. And he's talking to you this morning. I'm talking to somebody who's gone years and years just in misery because that conscience is just killing you. And that heart is killing you because God is on you. He's saying, hey, I can offer you grace. I can offer you mercy. Just come to me, my child. Be open, be honest, be transparent. It's the only way I can give you my mercy. I don't care what you hear from anybody else that will try and tell you, you just live how you want to live. Once saved, always saved. The, the, the doctrine of, of grace, it's, it's, it's some cheap grace. God is, God is not into that. That's cheap. God is not cheap. 
You don't just fall and get to do what you want and God just sprinkles you with his love and his fairy dust. No, that, that's, that's cheap, folks. God's not cheap. God wants a real relationship with you. He's looking for you. He wants your heart. He doesn't just want you in heaven with him for eternity. He wants you right now. I want your heart, my child. I want to speak to your life. I want to walk with you every day. I want relationship with you, but I can't have that in your deceit. I can't have that unless you're open and honest and transparent before me. Oh God, there's only one way to obtain God's mercy and that's being honest before him, folks. And I know we don't like to be honest. I know we don't like to be honest, but honesty leads to his mercy. Transparency, accountability leads to his mercy. Proverbs 28, 13 said, he that covers his sins shall not prosper. That means you're not gonna go forward in life, folks, as long as you choose to cover that sin. It's impossible. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. You'll stay where you are. You'll go backwards, but you won't move forward into victory where God wants you. But here's the promise. Whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Wow, what a promise from God. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus told the religious leaders of that day, I don't have time for you. I don't want anything to do with you. They that are sick are the ones that need healing, not they that are whole, not they that think they have it all together. Are you kidding me, Lord? You're gonna, you're gonna get down, you're, you're gonna go to Zacchaeus's house? You're gonna go to that known sinner's house, that rank sinner? Jesus said, yeah, matter of fact, because those that are sick need me, not those that think they're well. We're all sick today. We all need God's mercy. We all need his hand in our lives. Each and every, if you think you're not sick and you think you got it all together, baby, you're in a dangerous place today because Jesus doesn't have time for you. Psalm 34, 18, God is nigh unto the brokenhearted. He saveth such which be of a contrite spirit. So what does that tell me? In my simple mind, God is near to the brokenhearted He's nowhere near to those who are not brokenhearted. If you're not near to somebody who's brokenhearted, if you're not ministering God's love and mercy and grace to them, God's nowhere near you. If you're not brokenhearted yourself, if you don't, if you don't realize your deep need for the almighty God today, say, no, I'm good, I've got it all together. Just like that Pharisee who stood in the temple and said, God, I pay tithes, I fast three times a week, I give this and that. God's not looking at you, he doesn't care, but he's looking over there at that sinner who's beating his chest and saying, God, I don't deserve your mercy. God, why would you have grace on a sinner like me? I can't even look at you. God because of what I've done that's who God's looking for because that's transparency baby that's honesty in the presence of God that's what God's looking for today <laughs> hallelujah I, 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 I know that the Holy Spirit is wanting to do a deep, deep, deep work, but some of us still are pushing back and saying, no, it's not for me. Can I tell you the only way you can obtain God's mercy is to be honest before him. A true repentance a true openness. Hopefully, maybe she had something as, she, as they were dragging her out of the house. Hopefully, she had something to just cover up a little bit in front of the whole crowd. But maybe she wasn't that lucky. Maybe she had absolutely nothing. But there was no doubt. This woman was caught in the act, and everybody knew what she did. 
She was open before Jesus Christ. And while everybody else is looking at you and wanting to accuse you and pointing their finger and wanting to stone you, Jesus Christ is saying, hey, you cast the first stone. You cast the first stone. Jesus Christ is, offer, is here to offer you mercy. I know you've been hearing the lies of the enemy for far too long. He's been whispering in your ear. He's telling you, there's no way you can confess that sin. There's no way that you can go and get help. There's no way you'll be shamed. You'll be disgraced. You'll be humiliated. You'll feel like a failure. Everybody will talk about you. Everybody will pick up stones to throw at you. But can I tell you what, what the presence of Jesus Christ offers? Not just his mercy, not just his forgiveness, What a shield. Get your hands off my daughter. Get your hands off my child. I hear it all the time. Every time I hear this passage preach, somebody's got to bring up the man. Well, what happened to the man? Where's the man in this case? Where is he? Oh, they let him off scot-free. He went and gone and, and didn't have to pay a penalty for his sin. Perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe that's the worst thing that could, that could have happened in that scenario. Or maybe the worst thing is that the man got stoned right there and they just dragged the woman. That's all off topic, folks. Quit focusing on the man. Who cares? The man's not in this story. Do you relate to the man? Or do you relate to this woman broken in the presence of God? Some of us are relating to the man this morning because he may, got off, may have gotten off scot-free. But what I, I'll tell you what he did not receive that day was Jesus' mercy. He did not receive Jesus' protection. He did not receive that shield that said, get your hand off my child. Oh, he's running free with a guilty conscience. He's really bound, folks. Oh, nobody has to know what you did. As if these religious leaders could pardon a sin like that. As if they had it in them to pardon a sin like that. With that man, hopefully, hopefully he ran into Jesus one day and was able to receive his mercy. But not that day. We know who did. We know who received mercy. We know who was accountable and transparent and honest before God. And we know who she received mercy and protection. Don't touch her. See, while everybody else is wanting to stone you and wanting to laugh and wanting to talk about you, Jesus Christ saying, no, they're mine. I bought them with my blood. I went all the way to Calvary for you, my child. I love you with a fierce love. You think I'm going to give up at Calvary? You think I'm just stopping there and I'm not gonna keep pulling, keep wooing you? Come on, come into my presence, my child. I've got more for you. I love you. I love you. Don't hide, don't run. Be honest before me. I'm gonna speak to you leaders today. Those who are harboring some type of unforgiveness in your heart. Not just leaders, everybody. But there is no righteous indignation there's no justif justifiable reason why you hold bitterness or anger in your heart. You've got to get rid of that. You've got to get rid of that and be honest before the Lord today. There's no room for that in the presence of God. I don't know, but I only know when we're open and honest and transparent before God, that's when we receive his mercy and forgiveness. That's what I do know. So I can't imagine that the lady said, well, I just hate that man that, that, made, that did that with me. I just, I just hate him and I, I'm just not going to forgive him for what he did. No, no, no. No, you got to let all that go in the presence of God. Some of us are hanging on to this holy hatred or whatever it is. It's, it's hogwash, folks. It's hogwash. I'm standing for what I know is right, and I'm just going to have an attitude of bitterness against that person, against that brother, against that sister, against that stranger, against that lost soul. 
And I'm telling you, it's been on your conscience and it's been on your heart, but the Holy Spirit is here to say, give it to me. Give it to me this morning. God's not come to play games. I love Jesus Christ. He cuts to the chase, man. He's not here to pat you on the back and say, hey, everything's cool. No, Jesus Christ wants to get to the very heart of who you are this morning. Because he's not here to condemn you. He's not here to rip you apart. He's not here to pull you down. Don't you see? Everybody else wants to do that, but he's here to pick you up. Go and sin no more. Don't go back the direction that you came from. Don't go back to that house. Don't ever go that same direction. Go and sin no more. That's repentance, folks. It's not just a confession. It's not just saying I'm sorry and then leaving this place and going back to the same filth, but it's saying, no, I'm going a new direction. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm walking a new path. Go and sin no more. Sister Katie, would you come and help me on the music today? God's not in the humiliation business. God's in the healing business this morning. He's not here to shame you. He's here to save you. He doesn't want to harm you. God is here to help you. He didn't show up today to embarrass you. He's here to forgive you. And all you have to do is be honest before him and say, God, I need your mercy. God is here to set somebody free this morning. I feel it. God is here to set somebody free this morning. You've been captive for too long. The enemy's been just been breathing lies down your neck and you've been listening to them. No, I just can't open myself up and confess before the Lord, but you're miserable at night and you lay your head on the pillow and you don't know why, but you just, you just can't get there. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit is here today to make the crooked path straight. He's here to bring streams into the wilderness. He's here to bring a river through the desert. God is here to do a new thing this morning <laughs> but you have to you have to want it more than you than you desire that pride that's how bad you have to want it <laughs> there is hope today but you got to want it more than you want your old life you got to want it more than anything else in this world you got to want it more than you desire to cover it up in the darkness you got to want his light more and God can shine it into your life today but you got to be honest before him Jesus your mess may be big, but God's mercy is so much bigger. Your mess may feel insurmountable this morning, but all it takes is one encounter with a merciful hand of the master. And can I tell you, God is here to make it right this morning. Right where we're at this morning, can we just lift our hands and say, God, it's for me. I'm not the one who is well, God. I'm the one that's sick. I'm not the one, God, who can walk away scot-free, but I need your protection. I need your mercy. I'm at the feet. I'm in the presence of the only one who can do something about it today. Come on, somebody. Don't care what your neighbor thinks. I wonder if you've got enough in you to say, I don't care about pride. I don't care what my neighbor knows or what, I, what my neighbor thinks. I don't care about that stuff. I'm in the presence of God. I'm in the presence of God. I'm in the house of God. I'm in the house of mercy. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and we'll continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.